All right, thank you for listening to this podcast. This episode of Literally is sponsored by Lexicon and Line. Case, tell us a little something about Lexicon and Line. Uh, Lexicon and Line it does three things. They, they are communications consultants. They teach professional business writing and speaking courses, and they are research and data evaluation experts. And you can find everything about Lexicon Online at lexicononline.com. Please give them a visit. And thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast, Lexicon Online. Welcome, everybody. This is Case Johnston, and this is the Literally Podcast. We are uh, broadcasting from uh, 25th Street in the Monarch in Ogden, Utah, in Banyan One. Okay, I got it right. Good. Um, uh, today, we're talking with uh, poet Adrian Christian. Um, Adrian's work is, but she's been published very widely. She's uh, she's adjunct faculty at the University of Texas Austin, and author of three poetry books. Uh, author of the one two o two three Woodmont Avenue, which came out in two thousand thirteen, uh, Proper Lover, which came out in two thousand seventeen, and Worn, which is coming out in next year. So this is good news to hear another book coming out. Um, pick it up. We need to pick it up. Um, I got to read uh, about fifteen poems. Um, from all different, uh, from all three of her books uh, today, and um, and uh, just to start off, which one would what would you like to share first with us? Because um, I figured we'll read three or four poems throughout, and then talk about them. Yeah, so so I'd love to talk about that actually. Yeah. So yeah, collections. Um, the first one, twelve o twenty three Woodmont Avenue. That was my address of my girlhood home. Mm-hmm growing up and so that um book is all about um family so so my thing is that i write love in particular black love Mm -hmm. and um it's not always romantic love sometimes it's familial love so that's what that book is about Mm -hmm. and um yeah just you know the stuff that goes it's like the stuff that goes on in um in one's childhood Uh when it yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so that was the first one. The second one is the one that I have here now, um, A Proper Lover. This one is also love, but it is one woman's journey to um, not only become, I'm sorry, not only find, but become a proper lover in light of what's been done to her. So, mm-hmm. so like it goes through sections to say, okay, this is what happened, you know, in the early stages of her life. And then this is how she progresses. And it goes through college and all the way to, to marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this one's a proper lover. I, I really love this book. This is my, this is my baby. I love them all. Yeah. But the third hasn't come out yet. Um, that'll be out um, on the 1st of April next year. And that one happened quite by accident. I was putting together, I wanted to edit an anthology um, about poems that that all featured clothing. Mm-hmm. And in collecting those poems, it started making me write my own clothing poems. Mm-hmm. So Warren ended up a collection of, of poetry about um, about black life, black mm-hmm. love, um, and, and all of them include clothing in, in some way, whether right. it's a belt, hat, or, um, you know, a jump Right. No, yeah. that's great. So, I mean, with this podcast, as I like to tell all of the authors that I bring on, um, I would like to talk least. Um, so we, if you would want to jump in, read, and then just talk about it. I mean, this is, I like to celebrate the authors and not my own voice. So, so go oh. for it. But I, I have to, I'm with you. I have to say that the proper lover 
poems. Like I read them this morning and then I read them this afternoon again. And those ones stuck with me throughout the day. Like really, I mean, they all did. And I loved the, the poems from the, the, from the first book and the forthcoming book, but the proper lover ones, I, I had, and I don't know if this was, was your intent, but I had a, a legitimate like physical response to how authentically like real they were when it came to romantic love you know and it's not always the it's not the movie romantic love you know it is even if it's physical there it's 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 very very corporeal and it's like very you know and so they stuck with me all day long um and of course the other i love the other poems too and i want to hear those uh but the, the, the i have to say the proper lover poems um they they had a visceral reaction you know thank you yeah because they're real about real people you know so instead of like romantic movie stuff you know so thank, thank you for saying that that yeah. means so much to me the, the book has done well and is doing well it came out in 2017 but it's still selling pretty well so i'm excited about that yeah well make sure before we get off this we need to tell people where, where they can get them okay so, yeah. so i'll tell you now okay. it's my dot com um adrianchristian.com um, Adrian is like Rocky's wife, you know, Adrian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but it's spelled the French way. Mm-hmm. And then my last name, Christian, is just like a follower of Jesus Christ. So mm-hmm. adrianchristian.com. And then that'll give you links to um, see some of my work online. And then also um, links to Amazon where you can actually buy, buy the books. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. That's Thank great. you. Yeah. But then how about I, um, what do you think about me reading a poem and then maybe just like talking a little bit about the the, the poem, um, my inspiration, maybe like the craft in it? Like, I'm not sure what you want. That sounds to- wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds- yeah. Like I said, I, with this podcast, when I started it three and a half years ago, my goal was to introduce writers to readers and, mm-hmm. to, and to celebrate the writers um, and, uh-huh. and not listen to myself. So yeah okay. i love what you said about introduce writers to readers mm-hmm. that's the goal and you've been for three and a half years mm-hmm. and when i saw you pop up on twitter i was like i know her so i could like i thought this is perfect so and it's great news okay so this one's called lipstick morning in the mirror remind me of my mother in her panties bra slip and lipstick how I'd sneak small sips of her tea to get some. So this poem is actually the opening poem in the collection. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I did it that way is because I wanted to set the tone to um, show what it's going to be about. Like I said, the first chapter is about the things a woman learns about love and womanhood. She really gets them from her mother, right? Mm -hmm. Because who teaches Who's the first person to teach a woman about her sexuality? It's her mother, whether it's something like, um, uh, you know, this is how you put on lipstick. This is how you put on a bra. Um, This is how you, I remember my mother buying me perfume and telling me this was how I would wear perfume. It was called lacing it to make it last the entire Mm. day. And so, um, yeah, like, um, 
I, I mentioned wearing lipstick and she so she would have this this cup and she drank coffee it meant to be a coffee poem but tea just um worked out better here mm-hmm. and so she would drink this maxwell house coffee and it would have her beautiful lipstick on there and uh, i'd want to go and put my lips on it just so that i could have lipstick mm-hmm. you know and then the reason that i end the poem of course with to get some is uh, <laughs> is the play on to get some mm-hmm. and one hand to get some lipstick right on the other hand i was um gonna be getting to the age soon where i would be getting some action right and if i was gonna be getting some action then i had to um have a blueprint for that which is essentially what you know moms moms do for their daughter mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and that's uh, th- i'm guessing that you purposely put that as the first poem because it really is kind of a nexus of childhood and womanhood right i mean just to get it get it started yeah absolutely and and you know my mother i I had a really beautiful mom and so i would um just kind of marvel when she was uh getting ready because she was just that fine you know Mm -hmm. okay so um i'll read one from another one from that section okay and this called her torn half this is the last one in the in the first section i always knew when my daddy called to say he wasn't coming home my mother would shout again and then demand to know how late and then resign resign herself to a humbler tone i'll leave your dinner on the stove she'd then stomp off to the kitchen take a fistful of ice from the freezer throw the ice cubes in the ceramic mug and pour the wild turkey on top. She'd light another one of mommy's special cigarettes before the previous one had burned, twirl her asphalt colored curls around her slender index finger and stare past me when I asked what's the matter. And yesterday, when you called to say you weren't coming home, I found my way to the kitchen, ripped open a sack of chips, fetched the bottle of gin from under the bed and took my seat there on the floor and thought of my mother, her, a fraction of a woman, and me, her torn half. That one's called her torn half. With that placement too, you said that's the first section of the book. Yeah. So where do you move from there? I mean, this is, is this kind of, do you move farther into young adulthood or is it adulthood when it comes to the structure? So, I'm glad you asked that. Mm-hmm. So I'll just tell you how the book goes, okay? Mm-hmm. So the first section is called In Her Lipstick Bra and Panties. It's like mm-hmm. my mom in her lipstick bra and panties and also me and mine, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then the next section is called In Love with a Coworker. And that just is because um, <laughs> these were all poems that happened to be about um, someone I was dating at work or wanted to be dating at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's that. So I'm an adult to answer your question at that point. Okay. But then I double back to a section um, called girls, which is where I am um, in teenage love. Mm-hmm. Um, again, my mother is present in those poems in that, um, you know, as a 15 year old girl, um, you know, sometimes you or or, you know, 15 year old anybody, you know, that's kind of the stage where you start getting into it with mom and dad about mm-hmm your dating choices <laughs> and your, um, your um, what you're starting to do with your body. Like I remember her catching me kissing this boy and she was so, so mad. And um, uh, you know, yeah. But when you're 15, 
you know, and biology starts to kick in, mm -hmm. um, it's really hard to stop that ocean. It you is, know? yes, like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that wave of air starts. So that section is called Girls. I'll read just some stuff from there too. Um, the next one is called The Book of Lovers. And this is actually what the original book was going to be called, mm -hmm. but then I changed it to Proper Lover because um, <laughs> of a, uh, uh, what's the name of that show? Jon Snow, uh, uh, Game of Thrones oh, yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah, so the wildling was with Jon Snow and they had just made love and he, he did a really fantastic job, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, <laughs> she told him she said john lover she said john snow you're not like other guys you're a proper lover and um i felt that and yeah. i was like proper lover so that's when i changed the title from the book of lovers to a proper lover and so this is just like um you know some relationships that stand out um with me again once i was um an, an adult i'll read you some stuff from there okay. the next is not so much of a timeline, um, but uh, this one's called the Book of Breakups. So it's breakups from back in the day to, pre to present day. Mm -hmm. uh, those are hard to avoid in love. The next is called Me Married. Um, then there is Affair. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then the final section um, are uh, is erotic poems. Okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so the so the the book grows up, you know, as it goes. Yeah, that's that's really yeah. I, I'm gonna I I've got to get a copy. I'm gonna get a copy. Um, yeah, I love I loved them. Yeah, let's hear some more. I'd love to hear some oh, more. The book grew up. Yes, huh? That's interesting that you um that you say that. Okay, so this is called love making when you're trying to get a book deal. Okay. <laughs> I love this poet turned publisher, but I can't slide down on his wood and ride because two ladies said, do not. <laughs> you are seated at that table. Let no soul say you screwed yourself into that position. Hear me, girl? I am not at that table yet, so we grind. He kisses me, he kisses mine. I tell him, stop, we grind. He holds me, he hugs me, he's hung. He touches me where I tell him, no, please quit it, or really, I should leave. We grind. He won't let me go. He hides my purse. He says, please. I say, please, stop. But it's so hard, a grown man begging me to do what we should. We grind. He pulls me onto his lap, and I can hardly keep my face from it. But I must, and I will, till I get myself Two books first, say the ladies, and they know because they are already where I am trying to get. So we grind. His blue top sheet in the ladies' words, the only things keeping us from love. While I write, he's got a million books he lends me. I write a thousand poems I show him. He wants me at important parties, but I will not be seen out with this man. He wants me, he wants us, and I want him, but I want books more. I love that one. That's a great poem. Yeah, I, yeah, and it's, and, and honestly, what an insight into this thing we're doing as writers, you know? I mean, and it, I mean, and, and like, I mean, that could be taken, that could be taken so very literally, everything in it, but it can also be taken very, very kind of symbolically of all the things writers 
and you know and i'm not talking sexually but all the things writers would do for those two books you know the way in which we put ourselves out there and i mean twitter could be twitter is a grinding thing and facebook is a grinding thing and instagram is a grinding thing and submissions are a grinding thing and you know with that 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 continual kind of repeat of that word got me thinking that i mean as writers obviously the sexual the literal sexual kind of uh, mentions in there are common happen and then all of a sudden the the symbolic ones too i mean what it is this career that we've we've chosen Uh, yeah yes yes and so i learned that so actually um like I was just like small talking with one of the professors actually at, at um, Pacific when I was there. And um, she was really kind. She invited me into her bedroom and we just chit chatted like girlfriends. Um, actually, there were two women. And um, the only reason I won't name them is because I don't even know if they would want to be named. So I just won't say anything. Uh-huh. But both of them were so gracious and invited me into their rooms and we hung out. And um, it just sort of came up. They said, you know, and I don't say this, you know, in a in a haughty way, but they just said, you know, you're you're a beautiful girl, and um, you're gonna start getting um, these men <laughs> yeah. who are coming to you, and they're gonna tell you that you know they can get you a deal if only you'll do X, Y, and Z, and you can't do that. Okay, not saying that you would, but just know that mm-hmm. you can't do that because when you get to the table. Let nobody say that you effed your way there. When you get to the mm-hmm. table, it has to be because you wrote your way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I was really at first like a little bit um, offended by that because I was like, oh, why are you telling me that? Do I look like somebody who would, who would sleep with someone to get a gig, you know? But that wasn't the spirit of the conversation. Right. It no. was, yeah, it was mentor. It was mentor. Well, <laughs> and that there are predators. I mean, they're just, I mean, that's, it's just calling out that it's very predatorial and they're saying watch out not because of you but watch out because of them and obviously we've seen that within the last seven eight years with the me too movement um the 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 predatorial habits of many of these men exist and so there's it's it sounds like a warning not about you but about what's out there absolutely yeah absolutely and then the, the, the tough thing is that, you know, what happens when you are a woman and you do fall in love with so, a man who has a higher position, mm-hmm. then, you know, what, what do you do? Keep pushing, you know, keep saying, no, 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 no. We can't uh, have a romance until, you know, t- 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> when the, so, so it was it was tough in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and mostly as men, we we get to avoid that. You know, we don't we're not thrown in those situations. We. Um, I mean, I know that it happens, but the rarity of it compared to what women must have to go through, it's just so small, you know? Um, so I'm glad I love that poem. That's a great poem. I'm going to get this book. Thank so, you. Thank um, you. Yeah. And it's a blessing that you don't have to go through it because it is hard. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, if you don't, um, do it, then you are considered the B word, not a team player. <laughs> right right so yeah so let's see up next here is one called i always fall in love and this is from the section girls so here is me as a as a young woman 
always falling in love. And, and some people will accuse me of when I was a girl being a little bit boy crazy. I always fall in love. I always fall in love. I mean, always fall in love. I'll say to a guy, this is strictly platonic. Meanwhile, I'll be in love. I always fall in love. I'll talk of fuck and suck and cock and prick, but think of love. I always fall in love. I'll test him with my threesome talk to see if he's in love. I always fall in love. His wife, his kids, his home, who cares? I like to be in love. I always fall in love. My smile, it never seems to fade. I dress and perfume myself each day whenever I'm in love. I always fall in love. I'll say things like, be careful, boy, you're going to fall in love. Meanwhile, it's me in love. I always fall in love. I just like the way she reads it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the way she delivers it is yeah, telling. really good. Yeah. So this one is um, come. This one is from the section called um, The Book of Lovers, and it's called September 19th. The man I love bought me nothing for my birthday. He says he has no money. Though he smokes cigarettes, smokes weed, stops daily at Dunkin' Donuts, and has cable, he has no money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't mean to start cracking up at that one, but you know. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, so, so this is a true story. You know, my boyfriend wrote me this letter that was like a beautiful birthday letter that was saying, um, hey, I'd love to buy you something great, but I don't have any money. And I was like, really? Because I thought you were buying a 40 sack of weed <laughs> every Thursday and Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, I know where your money's going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cigarettes and, um, <laughs> and lottery tickets <laughs> and cable and all kinds of things that just made me go, hey, wait a minute. Um, yeah. I don't think. I'm sure you figured out that September 19th is my birthday. That's why that's the um, (laughs) the title of the poem. Um, Let's see. From the Book of Breakups, this is called Full Moon. I'll read a series of these because um, I really like this section. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. Full Moon. Full Moon. Time to start an argument. You wet them. There is always coffee available at four o'clock in the morning, be it at a gas station, a truck stop, or at your cruel and unusual mother's. Something's always brewing. And you, you always stop to have a cup, to have a cigarette, and to wash your dick in the sink with those brown paper towels that can chafe if you don't wet them. You do wet them, don't you? Wet them and cover up their scents with cigarettes, soap, and coffee. That way, when you come home and give me a quick kiss on the lips, I can say you taste like cigarettes. And that way, when you pee as I stand there brushing my teeth, I can say you smell like coffee. That was one that you sent me earlier that I read today. You know, yeah. and I wanted to ask more about that one um, because... Now, is this is this still in the breakups one? Okay, so I was wondering about, the, like, so because early on within the poem, you know, we start with there's always coffee available, but we end with it's so that he can smell like coffee, right? What was, I mean, is that one of those kind of delve into how senses 
bring back a certain lover or bring back a certain um, kind of person or or your relationship. That's the way I saw it just because, you know, I, I mean, I can smell a perfume that from and it's from a girlfriend from 35 years ago. And all of a sudden and I'm back in, you know, back uh, yeah. there. Yes, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it is. So, yeah, scents can be used to um, to incite nostalgia. Mm -hmm which is kind of um, a, a, a more beautiful way that they can be used. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they can also be used to cover up what the truth about something. Mm -hmm. You know, if my partner was out and having sex with someone mm -hmm. and um, I knew that that would be the case if he came home and he smelled like a woman, then he would stop and um, get these things that he knew would cover up the scent. Mm -hmm. like. You know, getting some hand sanitizer in the men's bathroom and kind of swabbing off. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, I'm thinking about this now, but it's not funny because I almost choked up yeah. crying. Yeah, when when I was reading that, because um, the other thing about it is, um, you know, when the part when the person thinks that you're fucking stupid, can mm. I say fucking? Oh, yeah, okay. yes. And it's like, you know, I'm not that dumb. Like most people after an eight hour shift of work don't come home with the rest of their body smelling like work, but their penis smelling yeah. like so, so like, I'm not stupid, but you know, okay. So if you want to play this stupid game, fine. Then um, I, I just know what you're doing, you know? Right. And the reason I mentioned the cruel and unusual mothers is because um, I remember um, not to speak ill of the, like my grandfather is, but one thing that he would do is he would allow my uncle and dad to see their mistresses at his house. Mm. And I um, hated that, yeah. about, you know, about, I won't say I hated it about him. I hated it about the situation because he was so amazing and wonderful in every other way. And I couldn't understand um, why he would allow something like that to yeah, and you wrote about yeah. that in another poem, right? Is that is that the same uncle that that you wrote about in another another poem that you sent me earlier, or was that so different? that one? That one's coming from Warren. Oh, okay, that's coming from Warren. So, it, like, this is like I I talk a lot about my maternal side, and mm -hmm. then and then Warren, I, I talk more about the paternal oh, side. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so um, maybe one more from this section. This one's called "One Day I'm Going to Wake Up." For a while, there'll be nothing but silence. Fewer dresses in the closet, fewer dollars in the bank. There'll be a space where there once was a body and clean where there once was a mess. On holidays, the incoming and outgoing calls will be halved and there'll be no hidden gifts to go rummaging through the closet for. You'll find another woman maybe and be just as good to her. You'll take it or meet your mother maybe and your mother will like her better. And I'll find a flat somewhere and buy a dog. I'll get my figure back because I won't eat, have never ending migraines because I won't sleep. But one day I am going to wake up and it won't hurt anymore. Is that the last one of the breakups? The last poem? Um, it's not the last one in the section, but I but but I can um, I can move on if you want me to, or do you want to hear something else? In, no, in that, it, that just felt like that felt like a lot of closure in that one, you know, that, or 
you know, are looking for that. And so I felt, I wonder, I was wondering if it was the end of the section because you're saying, so, ah, I can move on. Just the end of that breakup, but you know, you keep getting your heart broken. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me read you one more, my, my favorite one from that. Okay. Cause yeah. I really love foodie and I love to cook. Um, and so sometimes my um, work has food in it. Okay, so this one's called Bread and Wine, and this is the last one I'll read from this section. Bread and Wine. The bread and the wine. I always reach for them when the man I've been baking for no longer wants my cakes. It's sad the way I stop running, weightlifting, drinking water when I get written off. The way I get drunk and round and call him and call him and call him when I know he's laughing at me. It's bad that bread is for life and that wine is for good times, but I take them and use them for filling the cupboards inside my lonely kitchen. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a hard, that's a hard one. You know, that's a hard one. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like I'm reading a lot of sad stuff. It, I, I don't think this book is sad, but maybe I just um, chose to to read those. No, they're yeah, whatever you want to read. That it's if you if you this is a thematic podcast. You're just you're setting your own theme. <laughs> okay, okay. So so um, I'll read letters. This is um, coming from the section called affair. Um. All of your love letters to me have the date, have the subject, have my name and yours, have punctuation, right spelling, have your signature, have ink dark ink, have page one of one or one of two, depending on how little you say, because you never write me paper and pen, just emails. I print out and call them letters. This one's called Me Married which is a little bit of an explanation of why there is a section called affair. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they go together. <laughs> yeah. They, me, comma, Mary. Imagine Aphrodite's girdle tucked into the back of her closet under crochet quilts and mothballs in a plastic bin bought on sale at one of those discount wholesalers. Instead of casting her spell on some adoring young man, imagine her washing sheets and folding towels. It's like a rooster in socks, a penny with a hole in its center, a Tweety bird flying backward toward a tabby cat's nest on Super Bowl Saturday morning. I was Aphrodite, goddess of little nighties and nighttime goddess of little black dresses and a little bit of wine before checking into a suite for the weekend. My girdle was incense. My navel was wine. One toss of my hair and that man was my dinner. Instead, I'm married these days, wearing sensible shoes, making crockpot meals, doing it missionary. Hmm. I I love the concrete in that one, you know? the concrete details at the beginning, you know, because it, you know, we get that sense of adventure and then missionary at the end just really feels sad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that we get the sense of adventure from all these wonderful concrete details and, you know, even picking, 
even even picking the word suite instead of you know checking into a hotel room but checking into a hotel suite it just pushes that it push, pushes that sexuality and that that lustfulness and um and kind of that that the the excitement of all even just the word sweet changes that poem like uh, that poem would be a different poem if you said checking into a hotel room you know because a room can almost feel uh you know that's where parents and kids check into but you know <laughs> it's like but if you're checking into a suite that has that 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 tangible that taste to it you know the double entendre of of of, of the taste of all of that that sexuality and that experience and that excitement and that's just my take on it. But that's still, to me, that that's what stood out with that poem. And, and then it shifted to missionary. You know. Thank you for saying that. You're so perceptive. You're right. And that's what, you know, I got when I was at Pacific was, you know, I learned how to write poetry there. Mm-hmm. And I learned that um, every line is a poem and every word also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be, so be, um, you know, be be cognizant, be mindful of choose the right word is what I'm what I'm trying to say. And yeah. so thank you. I'm glad you picked up on that. Well, I, I tell my students that all the time is we need to write our stories and our essays as if we were poets, because poets, they every single word, every single space, everything, every single hard return um, means something. And so I tell them that you can't don't give yourself the freedom to not look at every sentence and in every word because the only the only sentence that people are going to remember are the bad ones um and so i love the way that poets do it that's a real i haven't heard that i have to write that down the only sentence that people are going to remember are the bad ones mm-hmm. yep so even though if you circle one bad sentence with great sentences that bad sentence is going to uh-uh. it's going to look lazy especially in you know, these days, like with essay writing, 1,200 words, if you want to get published, 1,200 words, that's the sweet spot. And you don't, that's not a lot of words. And an editor is going to see one bad sentence in 1,200 words can ruin an essay. You're right. You're right. I'm so glad, too, that you that you tell your students um, that, um, you know, that they should write like like poets or, or bring some poetry into, into what they're doing. Because I used to have... Um, a love-hate relationship with poetry mm-hmm. because I felt like it was the least, um, the, the least read, the least bought, the least, um, it made the least money out of the other, out of all the genres, mm-hmm. you know, fiction writers, you know, and, and so, but, but now, and so I really had a problem with that. But now that I write prose, now that I write fiction and nonfiction too, let me tell you, it was no mistake that I learned poetry first. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, it was really, and, and like a lot of editors who read my work always comment on um, flow, tone, um, pacing, just, I mean, it's just all things that I learned in poetry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're you're right, and I'm now glad that I did it that way. Yeah, I, now, always, and, yeah, I always make my, my, my pro students read poetry just for that reason. We start, yeah. we I mean, we start off with, uh, poets, we start off with Dorian Locks, you know, you know, we start off with her because, and she's got great craft talks about how every word counts. And I st- always infuse those into my lessons because, um, I think prose writers feel as if they can get away with something. Um, and me too, I get lazy. Of course I get lazy with my prose at times, mm-hmm. but I feel like especially newer writers of prose, they feel like they can just give themselves a break and not everything has to be, has to be perfect, but that's, that's not 
that's not true at all. So yeah, I, it has. Mm -hmm. I actually start my mornings with poetry before I write. I read poetry. Oh. Yeah, I don't write poetry. I'm scared to death of it. Uh, but um, I read poetry before I write because it gets me to the rhythm, the rhythm of words. Um, and so I don't start with other people's prose. I'll start with poetry. And with your book, I'm going to start with that too. Uh, let me, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to give us our little, this is Case Johnston. This is the Literally Podcast. Today we're talking to with Adrian Christian, uh, poet and writer about her three books. Okay. Yeah. So since you mentioned sweet, let me just um, read you a poem called Insurance is also about a hotel. Um, and uh, this one's called Affair. Okay. So I once knew a man who met me and liked me and Googled me and read everything on my blog, even bought the books I'd written I was reading, even looked up the epigrams in the epigrams author's biographies. We meet at the only embassy suites with covered parking. It's the only time I've ever put my ring in my ashtray. The only time I've ever worn period panties. And <laughs> I read that one today. That one stuck with me too because of the last line. Um, because it, it, and you correct me because, you know, I don't have period panties. But, uh, <laughs> but that one, that last line seemed to go against the previous line about putting the wedding ring into the ashtray. Could you? I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because, and this is why it's called insurance, mm. because a lot of times this is a trick that ladies do when we want to do a little something with the guy, but we don't want to uh -huh. go all the way. That's what I was wondering. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> we know, we know we won't take our clothes off if we're wearing ugly underwear. So that's what it's, you know, about, although I did find a way to get around that. You could just take your underwear off, roll them up in tissue and throw them away. And then, yeah. <laughs> then you're ready. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I was wondering. If it was insurance where that those, that last line was bringing it back to the title of insurance. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you about it. I wanted to ask you if that's what, what you were thinking. It's a thing we do wear ugly panties. And that was just a joke a minute ago. I don't, I, I've never thrown my underwear away in a, in a hotel bathroom. Yeah. But, but now I, just, I know you, if I need to, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned something today. This is good. Get out of here. Get out of here. Um, uh, Adrian, so I have a quick question for you. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm just on the, I'm not on camera. So yeah, I'm like off camera, which you can't see me. Uh, it's like this voice in the darkness over here. Um, so you're, I, first of all, this is my first time experiencing your work. And so, and I love it. So thank you so much. Um, you're not afraid to use language at all, which is great. <laughs> colorful language. Uh, I, I know I have been hesitant in the past, and I'm wondering if that's because I grew up in Utah, even though I'm not even um, affiliated with a, with a religion, and especially the predominant one here. So I'm wondering what your background was, and if you're ever hesitant to use certain words, or if it's just something that you you know you're naturally okay with. That's a great question. Okay, so I'm so glad that you asked that because this is like one thing that I grapple with. Like a lot of people say to me, oh, Adrian, you said something really bold or you really took it there or you didn't censor. And I, I have, like I have censored and I still come away with something that is um, a little shocking to people. And I, and I don't mean to, because one thing about this book is that um, 
people like it across sort of like um, generations, like 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 when when students um, read it, they like it. And then, you know, also, you know, women who are grandmother age also like it and, and find some something um, in it. And, um, you know, yeah, people will talk about the language. And um, the reason that I put the language in there is just because I think it's better to like tell the truth, like the truth hits harder. Like, like I could say, you know, if I'm, I could write in one of my poems, I'm having a conversation with my man, you know, and we're getting into it and he tells me, you know, take out my thing. Like he didn't say, take out my thing. He said, take out my other thing. And so I just kind of say it because that was the truth. So, so that's why I put, and, and then I think too, like a lot of people say that one thing that's working in my poems is voice. And I think that's because, um, the voice isn't fake it's usually the real word or um yeah or or like a synonym that that rhymes better has better alliteration or something like that um but you know you mentioned dorian earlier dorian locks she was one of the poets who um she also writes with language she writes sex she writes marriage Um, she writes very honestly and um she was the one who told me you know you just need to be honest and, and and say that now that said, you asked about my background. Well, um, you know, I grew up in Catholic school, so I wasn't um, allowed any of these words. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that now I can do with them what I want. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so I, I like putting putting them in there. But 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 um, you know, recently. Sometimes I wonder if I go overboard or if I've gone too far with the language because I was recently asked um, for a poem for an anthology that is going to be, um, you know, marketed and sold in schools. And the editor actually dropped me a little line and said, hey, you know, this is going to be in school, so keep it clean. And I felt terrible because I was like, I'm not dirty, you know, like I'm not, my, my work mm-hmm. is like not porn or anything like that. Right. And I was really deeply hurt. I was really, really deeply hurt by that comment. But then I was reading through the collection. I was like, damn, you know what? You're right. There's nothing in here that's suitable for a middle schooler. Um, my first, so the first collection and the last one are not like that, but yeah, a proper lover. It's just the nature of the book. So um, I just had to go there. Well, and like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, I loved it because it's real. I mean, it's mm. between real people with real bodies um, and th- with things that real people sp- say, especially when they're comfortable with each other, right? I mean, like, um, people, when they get comfortable with each other, their dirty side can come out, and it's Salute. not, but it's not dirty. It's just, hey, this is what I like. Will you, what do you like? Well, let's do this together. And that's, that's when, when people are in love or where they're comfortable that's the conversations they have. I mean, there's laughter during sex. There's like missteps. There's all these things that if you're once you're there, it's not like, Oh babe, I love you so much. Let's make love. No, that's echoes out the door. And uh, you know, you're bringing real, the real things into it. And that's not, like you said, that's not dirty. That is just say using the exact words, using the real words. And that's why I think that's why the poem stuck with me so much. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Yeah. And so when, when my students come to me and, um, and, and their work says, then he said, let's make love. I'm like, "Mm, I don't think that's what he, (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And I think too that that, like you said, that's true intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when there's you like say one the... guy who said that, like there's like one guy. Somebody <laughs> yeah. said it somewhere. Yeah, that's it. Like... It's true. Yeah. The French guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The French guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's you know that is intimacy where you can be honest with your with a partner. You know, and you can say any of that stuff. I included this section affair because um, Kwame Dawes, who I also met at Pacific when I was there getting my MFA in, in contemporary poetry, um, he, when he, you know, read an early draft of this, he said that um, the that my character is too, um, um, she needs a shadow. So, you know, don't make her be only the person who has had who has had her heart broken mm. and who's broken in some ways by her upbringing. But you need to give her a shadow. And so that's why I wrote that affair section in there um, to sort of balance out um, that personality and show show her me um, uh, the speaker <laughs> as mm. more <laughs> of a well-rounded um, individual and. You know, a lot of times, you know, affairs are part of marriages, they're part of relationships, they're part of love. Not all of them are always, you know, illicit. Sometimes you're married to a person and you don't realize it until you have an affair. I mean, like, I'm not trying to make light of anybody who has been cheated on. I have been before and I know what that feels like. I just said all that to say that um, there's more than one way to to look at an affair. Absolutely. You know, know, there's either you, you read about people who have work affairs but they're not doing anything, but they are sharing the things with their work affair that they're not sharing with their partner. And that's just another way to have an affair. I mean, it it runs the gamut. Um, So yeah, Yeah. I love what you said about that. Thank you. And, and, and a lot of times statistically in like in the instance that you just mentioned an emotional affair affair, is way harder. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to just, you know, go and go to a strip club or bachelor party and get a little too wild and mm-hmm. do something you regret. It's quite another thing day after day after day to, um, to, to have intimate conversations with another person, mm-hmm. to have intimacy with a coworker mm-hmm. or whatever, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even somebody on, on the internet, you know, somebody. Uh, right. On the, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this will be from the last section. This is called Erotic um, Poems, and all of a sudden I am um, a little bit shy. <laughs> to read. I'm a little bit shy. I'm getting shy. Don't now. be. Would, would you be mad if I just like chickened out and said, oh, I'm too afraid to read them in front of you? Because I know you, and we go way back, and I'd feel weird telling you some of these. No, no, that, no. It's up to you. You got to get the book. Yeah, I got to get the book then. So that was a teaser. Okay, yeah, that was a teaser. So that erotic poem section is in there, but since you don't mind, I'll just uh, take a (laughs) No, 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 this is for you. I wouldn't push you there at all. So that's, you know, fantastic. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this was probably, and I know Brandon's smiling over there, but this is probably one of the, easiest and most fun podcast we've had in years so thank you so much for joining us and sharing your work and reading to us and and sometimes with poets it they read their poems and then they just they're just 
they're just deadpan and then they don't talk about them and i try to like i have to like work really hard to get them to speak about their poetry um with you it was just so nice to listen to you read it and then tell us about it that's if i could if i could have any poet on here that that is that would be my ideal podcast because I would rather have you as the poet read it and then share what it's what it's about than me trying to uh, literary criticism it, you know. <laughs> so so I really appreciate your, your your openness with the reading and I had and it had a lot of fun. It's great to see your face. It really really <laughs> is. You too, I, and that means so much to me. Thank you so much for for having me. Yeah. I'd love to come back other time to talk about poetry or anything you know we'd love to have you we'd absolutely love to have especially when warren comes out we need to come we need to do that again um but you know honestly we'd love to have you anytime uh, and brandon's nodding his head so you know i mean we would we'd love to have you thanks i we shouldn't have taken this long to do it i just you know i saw you on twitter and i was like i know i know adrian she's got a new book coming out that's fantastic so yeah reach out like if there's any time you just want to come and talk poetry we can talk poetry. Maybe we get two or three other poets on here and we just go like crazy and have like okay. a, 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 you know, like a, a, what do they call it? A round table discussion. Yeah. Something like that. That is a fantastic idea. Yeah. I love that idea. Um, I look forward to that. And it was such a pleasure meeting you guys yeah. or not meeting you guys, but um, thanks for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. I'm so glad. Thanks for working out with us with our technical difficulties at first. Yeah. I'm easy. Yeah, but let's do it again. I'll think of a way that we can we can have you back on for sure. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Have fun. Bye. All right. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This episode of Literally is sponsored by Lexicon and Line. Case. Tell us a little something about Lexicon Online. Uh, Lexicon Online it does three things. They, they are communications consultants. They teach professional business writing and speaking courses, and they are research and data evaluation experts. And you can find everything about Lexicon Online at lexicononline.com. Please give them a visit, and thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast, Lexicon Online.